If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. When you tell your time where to go, instead of wondering where it went, you actually create freedom within your life. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I met Kiera Esnauskis backstage at an event just as the world was opening back up. And wow, was I ever lucky that one of my first interactions with humans outside of my family was with this woman. She shared how she's been a Gold Digger listener for years, but more importantly than that, Kiera talked about her mission to help women pivot with purpose. I immediately texted Kylie on my team and said, we need to get Miss Unconventional on the show. Kiera, aka Miss Unconventional, teaches women entrepreneurs how to make profitable pivots and establish productive habits without sacrificing self-care. Her motto, you can be a boss and have a life too. And that's totally something that I can get behind. In our conversation, I'm asking Kiera about navigating towards your true purpose, the power of productivity and how to actually achieve it, goal setting strategies, and more. I am so excited for you to listen in on this interview. Here she is, Miss Unconventional herself. Hi, Kiera. Welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. Thank you, Jenna, for having me. I'm so excited. Man, meeting you has been a highlight of my year. So here's the thing. We've all been at home, right? And really heading down to Arizona and and being around you and Glow and Jamie and, and everyone that was there, it was really one of the first times that I felt like I had left my little bubble in such a long time. It was like one of those moments where it was like, wait, we're like back out in the real world. But it was such a gift to connect with you. And uh, it was just, it was so great. How was the experience for you? The feeling is so mutual, Jenna. And honestly, 
I'm still struggling to put into words what I felt in that moment. Just meeting you, hugging you and Jamie, you all pouring into me. I was trying to stay in my little, my little bubble <laughs> and you all would not let me. You looked, no, you no. looked directly at me and you were like, so what is it that you do? I feel yes. like you're in this space. And I was just yes. like, oh my God. <laughs> so it was, it was amazing for me. Well, now I get the joy of getting to ask you all the questions I didn't have time to ask you when we were together, which is why I selfishly wanted to do this interview. And so let's begin at the beginning. Like, where does your story of becoming, quote, Miss Unconventional begin? Oh, okay. Such a good question. So I realized back when I started working on a cruise ship in Hawaii, it was called the Pride of Americas by Norwegian Cruise Line. And I started working there at a really difficult time in my life. Like I was broke. Jenna, I had just gotten my car repossessed. I had 89 cents to my name. Mm -hmm. And the day before my car was repossessed, I attended this like mass interview event for the Norwegian Cruise Line. And it turned out that they pay for everything, right? Your flights, your training, the credentials, everything you needed to work on the ship. So I was like, oh, this is perfect since I don't have any money anyway <laughs> to get me there. I'm glad that they do all of it. So anyway, I seized that opportunity and I started working on a cruise ship. And then from there, I started studying for my TESOL certification to teach English abroad. And it was from there that I shift gears and started teaching English in South Korea. And then from there, started teaching English in Afghanistan. And so I'm realizing on this journey, doing these things, working on a cruise ship, teaching English abroad, when I would go home during those times, I had breaks in between and I would go home. And people were like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but you can. I'm like, you don't want you don't even want to know where I was when I started this right. journey. And you are in such a better position than I was. So absolutely you can. But everyone was looking at my, you know, at my journey as this unconventional, untouchable, unattainable thing. And for me, I'm looking at them like, oh my God, you can do it and you can do it so much better than I did. And so I realized that that's where that whole unconventional part of my journey of my brand came to be because I'm like, people think that this, what I'm doing is unconventional. And it is when I think about what the average person is doing back at home in my city, it is unconventional, the life that I'm leading. And I wanted to lean more into that, but not mm -hmm. just for myself. I wanted to lean into it in order to show other people, other women that they can lead a life that's unconventional and in alignment with their own personality, their passions, their purpose as well. And so that's how, you know, I, I came up with the whole Miss Unconventional aspect of my business. So walk me through what happened after being on the cruise ship and teaching English abroad. Where did that lead you to and what do you do today? So, OK, great question. When I started working on the cruise ship in Hawaii, I didn't have any aim. You know, I didn't have a goal in mind as to what I was going to do next when I first started because I was just trying to get back above water, right? Like I was yeah. drowning in debt. I was recovering from severe depression. And so working on that cruise ship, it, it sort of like saved me. It gave me a safety net. So when I started there, I was just trying to get my feet above ground. And so then, 
after I found out about teaching English in South Korea, I put my all into studying for a Teach English to Speakers of Other Languages certificate, a TESOL certificate. And when I when I studied that and I passed the test, I applied. And from there, I was able to teach English in Korea for an entire year. I traveled. I experienced a completely different culture. I told them, I said, put me anywhere but Seoul. I wanted anywhere but the capital because I didn't even want to be, I didn't want to be around a whole bunch of Americans, right? I wanted to actually experience the country for what it had to offer. So I wanted to live in like a rural area. And that's where they put me in a very rural area (laughs) where there was no other Americans. I was the first black woman they've ever seen in their life. So that was interesting. And I was teaching, I was teaching elementary, middle and high school. And then once I navigated through that, I started reading this book called Get Rich Teaching English. I know it's like a a cheesy title, but that's- I love it. It's very straightforward. I like that. It is. (laughs) And I ended up becoming pen pals with the author. I know that sounds crazy, but I reached out to him. I'm like, I really love your book. It's really giving me some insight into how I can make this a career, right? And so he, you know, 80, 100 emails later, he introduced me to an opportunity to teach English to Afghani women who serve in the Afghan National Army. And Mm. so he didn't even want to bring it to me because he thought there's no way she's going to be interested in this. And I'm like, absolutely, I am. Like, (laughs) I'm totally interested. He's like, are you crazy? I'm like, yes, just a little bit. (laughs) Just enough, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so I seized that opportunity. I went from making $30,000 a year to making $182,000 a year in literally less than six months after making that decision. And so it was that that moment where I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for for me to pay off $50,000 worth of student loan debt, right? Get myself back on track and reposition, refocus on what it is I really want to do because you don't go to Afghanistan to teach English to stay. That's not something, it is a gateway to something else, right? And so that's what I did. I used it as an opportunity to set myself up. I had no idea that along the way I would meet, you know, the love of my life, who is now my husband. I had no idea that I would actually succeed in paying off that student loan debt, all 50K of it and saying goodbye to it forever. But I also had no idea that that experience would lead me to wanting to pursue an MBA degree in Zagreb, Croatia, out of all places. And so that's, I, I walked away from that six-figure salary to pursue this MBA degree. And literally, I was there for nine months. And I had a business retreat in Malta with Glow. I decided yes. to invest in that business retreat in Malta with Glow. And it was there that I revealed my idea of hosting luxury vision board workshops on cruise ships. That was like my business idea at the time for Miss Unconventional. <laughs> I love it. And, and and they poured into me. They were like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I've never heard of anything like that before. That would be great. And so I had this like newfound like motivation and this sense of security in what it is I wanted to do. And when I went back to Croatia, I couldn't think about anything else but Miss Unconventional. And so we had a career planning assignment that we had to do where we were supposed to take a series of personality tests. And based on those results, like 
carve out the trajectory of our, our career path. And so I thought that I would use that opportunity to let them know that I would no longer be matriculating <laughs> through the program with them. I was going to drop the ball on everybody. Like, oh, I'm going to pursue full-time business, like entrepreneurship. And that was like the same day that Ilya came in. So he was hearing it for the first time as I'm like presenting. <laughs> and everybody wow. is just like, what the heck's going on? She's four courses away from graduating with her MBA and she's dropping out. And that's exactly what I did. The urgent, like I knew that I could always go back to getting that degree, but I yeah. didn't know if I would ever have that drive, have that motivation, have that desire to do this very scary thing, which is step out on faith and go full time with my business. And I was like, I don't know if this feeling will ever come around again. So I'm going to seize it now. If I fall flat on my butt, then that's just what happens. You know, it will eventually heal, but I will never know unless I go for it. And so that's what I did. I went for it. And obviously I'm not hosting luxury vision board workshops. Yeah. Talk about what you're doing today. (laughs) That is the most unconventional approach to an MBA. And I, I love you for it. And I think that when you have that fire, that's like, it's now or never, like it is go time. It is so important to capitalize on that. And you had set yourself up to be able to do that as well, which is incredible. Exactly. And so now, I mean, obviously COVID happened (laughs) and wreaked havoc on my plans to host luxury vision board workshops. But I thought I was like, what is the essence of what you really want to do? And I thought that lifestyle design, you know, designing your life and business the way that you want to, the way that's in alignment with your personality, your passions and your purpose. That's what's at the heart of what I wanted to do. And I'm like, but there's so many ways to do that. And, you know, through all of the coaching programs and things that I have I've invested in over the last 18 months, you know, there's that notion you have to niche down, you have to niche down, get more specific with who you serve mm-hmm. and how you serve them. Lifestyle design is not going to cut it, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do? And I started it really listening to what my clients were saying were the best parts of working with me, what my peers were saying were the best parts about me. And it came down to, you know, time management, productivity, telling your time where to go. And I was like, you know what? I really love that. I'm really good at it because I truly feel like productivity, you know, being a productivity coach is, is what is going to help me help other people see how they can design their absolute best life. When you tell your time where to go, instead of wondering where it went, you actually create freedom within your life. And so I'm like, this is the way to do it. This is the way to weave that productivity side, niching down right into the broader thing of what I want to do, which is the whole lifestyle design aspect. One of the things that I absolutely admire about you, and I think something that every single listener can benefit from, is, you know, when the world shifted, when we were facing all of that uncertainty, it became clear that this original idea might have to be, you know, edited or evolved or pivoted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And leaning into this gift that you already have that would definitely benefit this bigger idea, but something that you can serve now. I think a lot of people negate the importance of like having 
this low hanging fruit in Mm -hmm. this sense of like, oh, it's just not worthy or, or it's not important enough or it's not mind blowing enough. But what we all needed, what the world needed was a lot of like back to basics last year. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just talk to me a little bit about making that pivot and what like a productivity coach does. Cause I just think it's fascinating how you were able to recognize this new need and move right into that space using gifts that you already possessed. Sure. So with this pivot, especially it coming at a time where I feel like people needed it the most, but they just didn't know how badly they needed it. It was like, I can come in and help people figure out what to do with this gift of time because people were not seeing it as a gift, right? You're getting laid off or fired or whatever, and you can't go to work. You can't go outside. You can't do all the things you wanted to do. Brunch with your friends is a thing of the past. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, all I'm losing all of this, all of these things. I wanted to come in and shift that perspective and say, no, but you're gaining that time that you always said you didn't have (laughs) to write that book to, you know, to, I don't know, start that YouTube channel to, and and now you have this, this gift of being able to design how your days are going to be structured, right? Like how you want to wake up in the morning, because now you get to wake up in the morning on your own terms. You get to decide what that's going to look like. You also get to decide how you're going to enter into your evening, what that's going to look like. For me, I'm thinking that's got to be the most beautiful thing, right? But I don't, I'm a geek though. I'm a, <laughs> I, like, I like structure and strategy and all that stuff. And you tell people that, you know, they should start having a morning routine, an evening routine and all this stuff. And you, you, you lose them sometimes. They're like, no, but this was the perfect opportunity for me to help people see what it is, which goal they can start to pursue while they have all this time and to, and show them, Hey, this is how you achieve this goal in this time that you have. And this is how you should break down your day to day so that you're filling up your cup, but you're also pursuing your purpose and you're doing it, you know, in a way that's intentional and meaningful. And so telling productivity for me is all about doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons. Right. But it's even more, more than that. It's it's really empowering to have these routines where we are able to fill up our cup first and then say, okay, now I'm full. I'm ready to go pour into others. I'm ready to go serve others, pursue my purpose. And this is what that's going to look like. That's what the essence, you know, of what I've been doing for the last few months. So I want to know just on a personal level, and, and I'm so curious to know your answer, Kira. Like, what is your personal relationship with productivity? Because I often find that a lot of times the things that we coach on, the things that we teach and instill in others are sometimes the hard sticking points for ourselves. Like we need to take a dose of our own medicine, but other times it's like our biggest gift, this thing that is like this just natural unconscious confidence. Mm -hmm. Which one is it for you? 
I have a very positive and healthy relationship with the word productivity, Jenna. And Love I know it. that sounds crazy because I see it as so much more than just this word that's synonymous with time management and discipline. Like yep. for me, productivity is the pathway to designing my ideal life and business, right? Productivity means, like I said before, doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons. And yeah. when I do the right things at the right time for the right reasons, I free myself up to indulge a little a little more in my like passions, the things that fill up my cup. And so when many people feel like routines are restrictive, right? But I believe they are empowering. I tell my time where to go instead of wondering where it went because I know time is precious. It's a precious commodity that can't be replenished or restored. So I don't play with it, okay? I don't take advantage of it. (laughs) Like I'm very, so my relationship with productivity is very, very strong and it's very healthy because I see so much more in it. I see control, you know? I love that. And I think too, I mean, the biggest theme of even just looking at, you know, recent years is like this feeling of being out of control. Mm -hmm. And so kind of claiming that back is like so, so powerful. So I want to know, like, how does productivity play a role in navigating out of overwhelming phases of life and business? I feel like, you know, things are continually changing. We're constantly assessing what do we want to take from last year? What do we want to leave behind? How do we want to move forward? And so how does productivity kind of play a role in that? Yes, overwhelm. Hmm. So some, <laughs> some may not realize this, but there's a little something woven into the fabric of productivity. And that is the establishment of boundaries. Okay. Yes. So like boundaries with colleagues, clients, your spouse, friends, family, even yourself, social media, etc. And so I've learned that when you begin to establish healthy boundaries in these areas of your life, the overwhelm begins to dissipate. You know, if you go to my Instagram at Miss Unconventional underscore and scroll back, I have a post titled seven tips for establishing boundaries. And the reason why I even posted that is because people don't realize that a lot of their overwhelm is actually stemming from their inability to establish boundaries with people yes. they interact with every single day and the the tools that they interact with every single day. And so for me, that's the role that productivity plays in, you know, navigating that overwhelming part, the overwhelming parts of life and businesses. We have to start setting up boundaries for ourselves and with others so that we can reduce that overwhelm. And sometimes it's just self-inflicted stress. I know that sounds, <laughs> it sounds kind of harsh, but it's true is if we're not setting those boundaries, then it's self-inflicted overwhelm. It's self-inflicted stress. Oh, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think too, as women, I've, I've been exploring boundaries a lot lately. And I think too, some of that stems from the discussions that we as women held. And I think that a lot of times when we're growing up, we kind of look at boundaries as being selfish or Mm -hmm. almost like keeping people out or away or not making ourselves useful or available or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a server. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we all know the saying, like you can't pour from an empty cup, Mm -hmm. but at that same extension, when we can set up boundaries to protect ourselves. And I think one of the best things about this past year is, is really being able to investigate, like, what do I actually miss? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what do I never want to put on my calendar ever again? <laughs> it allows us that space to actually answer the question on boundaries more honestly. And, mm-hmm. and I think how beautiful to have you as a guide 
to help people kind of establish like, what do I want my routine to look like? How do I want to spend my time? And I think one of the biggest things that people feel at their end of their lives is like, man, I didn't realize that my days were my life. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. we're just kind of in those days. And so I want to know, you know, I'm a productivity. I love productivity too. I'm totally a nerd like you. When you said that, I was like, give me systems, give me strategy. What are your three favorite productivity hacks and tell me why you love them? Oh, this is a great question. Okay, no, seriously, the INTJ in me is like, yes, okay, I'm good. <laughs> so my first productivity hack would be like, so when you feel like you've fallen off the wagon, so to speak, or it's like, especially when it comes to tackling your to-do list, you know how, you know, there are moments where you're just like marking things off that to-do list, like it's nobody's business, right? But then you get to a point where, you know, it starts to pile up. You aren't completing the task as much as you thought you would. Well, for me, I like to, at that point, stop writing things down and just start using the alarm on my phone instead. Mm, And so what I'll do is like for that particular task that I was going to write down on my like checklist or to-do list, I will instead figure out what time I have during that day to, and how much time that task would take me. And I put it in as like an alarm clock reminder from, Hey, from eight to nine, I'm supposed to be doing this. And I'll put it as the title. And that time is blocked off. When my phone rings, that alarm goes off. I stop what I'm doing and I do that thing. I do whatever my alarm clock is showing me to do. And I've done that and I've been able to really dive deep into the needle moving tasks that I need to get done without falling victim to prioritizing shallow tasks, things that are just like, you know, just busy work, but aren't essential for moving a needle in my business. So that's the hack number one. It's just, you know, putting your to-do list right into your phone as an alarm. And then the next thing I like to do is I like to theme my days. So on Mondays, like those would be like meeting Mondays is where I meet with people, clients, have all of my meetings on that day. Tuesdays are, I call them teachable Tuesdays. That's when I create Mm. like my content, the things that I want to teach on social media, or if I want to write like a specific blog post or anything like that, that goes on that day. Wednesdays could be like writing Wednesdays. This was back when I was writing my book, Permission to Pivot Granted. So I would always designate Wednesdays to be the day where I like batch wrote like all the chapters. So I love theming days. That's another hack. And then my third hack is I like to identify my needle moving task the night before. The night before, like as part of my evening routine, I'll evaluate the efforts of the day, right? And then I'll begin to write what I need to do that will move the needle the next day. So one to three items. And I always have like one trust generating task that I do and one income generating task that I do. And I'm like, no matter what, every single day for five days a week at the very least, I will always do a trust generating and an income generating task no matter what happens in my day. And so that really helps me stay productive. That helps me keep the main thing, the main thing as Brendan Burchard always says. And so like in that, and those things really help. And I love them because they're super simple. Anybody could <laughs> do them, right? Right. Simplicity is key, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I just, I love those two. And I think one of the things that you brought up, number three, is kind of determining that the night before. Mm -hmm. I feel like it gives your brain permission to rest, right? You're not, you're not like running through your laundry list of items and and trying to figure out how you're going to prioritize or what you're going to get done or where you're going to start. 
And I think there's Mm -hmm. so much power in giving ourselves like permission for that release. And I think the only way to do that is through planning. So I love that tip because that that is something that I had to learn the hard way where I was like, oh, my brain is just so busy. I can't shut it off. And it's like, Mm -hmm. wait, 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 I'm not giving it permission to rest. (laughs) Like, hello. (laughs) Okay, I want to know where you stand in terms of goal setting. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Like, walk me through this. Do I hate it? Jenna, I could never. Okay. (laughs) Goal setting is like, it's everything to me. Listen, it's so important to me. And this is why, like I used to host, like I said, Lux vision board workshops and, and I still do. But before we would even get to the vision boarding process, I had this strict goal setting process that I wanted people to go through first. I'm like, you can't even touch like your computer to design the vision board until we set goals that are intentional, that are smart, right? Specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and timely. And so for me, like when I was a productivity coach inside of Danielle Leslie's course, Alchemy Program, I hosted a workshop called Goal Alchemy, right? It was the Goal Alchemy workshop. And I took them through this, like, I know it's going to sound crazy, but this 10 step process of goal setting that I do at the end of each month, it's like a strategy session with myself, right? I set, you know, the first thing I do is I select a word or of intention for the month. And that word is, it represents the gap between where I am now and where I want to be by the end of the month, Mm. right? So there's that intention there. The second thing I do is like, I use that word in an affirmation. I claim it as if it's all, as if the gap is already closed, right? And then I articulate my why. I write it down. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I even want to, you know, pursue this intention? And then I I steal or I create my own mantra. It's that phrase that's going to, that I'm going to like repeat over and over when times get hard throughout the month and I really don't want to do anything. It's just going to be that thing that keeps me going. And then I move forward with setting my three to five SMART goals for that month. And SMART, like I said, specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and timely. So I like the SMART goal framework. I know some people don't like it, but for me, my INCJ brain loves it. Love it. And yeah. And so from there, I turn those goal statements into gratitude statements. And like, it's like, for example, I'm so happy and grateful that I insert the goal that I, so I say it as if it's already come to fruition. And that becomes my morning gratitude ritual. I say all those statements in every morning as part of my, my gratitude practice. And then I turn those gratitude statements into action statements. So what am I going to do within the next 24 to 48 hours to just start moving towards this goal, right? And I create my monthly Lux vision board, which you can see on my Instagram. I'm sure you've probably seen it before. I create a vision board for the month with all of these things. I find my accountability partner and then I schedule a time with them the same day and time of the week. I show them, hey, this is what my vision board is. These are the goals that are represented on this vision board. And I ask them to hold me accountable. I do the same for them. We meet same time, same place. And I go hard. And that's like, I feel so strongly about this goal formula, this sort of like goal alchemy formula, if you will, because it works. I've looked back on vision boards and I'm like after a month and I'm like, dang, everything that I put on there came to fruition, but it wasn't really magic. It was intention and strategy, Mm. you know? Talk to me about vision boards. This is something that I am not great at. Like Mm. I... 
It's something that fascinates me. And I know the power we've had Dr. Tara Swart, who's a neuroscientist, come on mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. talk about like literally like it's not just manifesting and wishing like it's mm-hmm. like the action behind the Absolutely. vision. So walk me through when did you first fall in love with vision boards? You know, you do a monthly one. What does that look like? Like, give me the details. I'm so fascinated. Absolutely. So for my 25th birthday, I was living in Korea and I threw a vision board party. I know like, and this was, it wasn't like vision boards were super popular or anything like that. I don't know what drove me to throw a vision board party for my 25th birthday, but I was like, you know what? Quarter life, like I made it 25 years. I'm going to celebrate. And I brought like three girls together. We tried to find, it took me forever to find magazines that would represent, you know, black women in like, like in Korea, in the middle of Korea. Just, <laughs> just imagine me searching for magazines that are Where you know, am I in representative this? of, yeah, yes. of the goals that we want. It, but I was able to find some things and we put together our vision board and we didn't, I didn't even have this like super nifty like goal formula or anything at the time but we did set goals before we actually created the boards but anyway three years later you know how Facebook's like to remind you of like how ghetto and ratchet you were before <laughs> well it started it started reminding me of that moment and the board came up and I'm looking at the vision board And I realized that so much had manifested on that board. And it got really, I'm going to tell you, it got really freaky. The guy that I cut out for, like, to represent, like, my husband, so to speak, it looked a lot like Ilya. And I was like, oh, this is, this is weird because that wasn't on purpose. He was the cutest guy in the magazine at the time. So I just cut it out. And like, there was really no tension behind it at all. But I'm like, even my husband looks like this guy. This is powerful. Over 80% of the board had manifested already in my life. And I was just like, and that was before I understood the power of kind of using vision boards to visualize like the near future, like less than a year. So this was like me thinking, I was thinking this board represented my life. Like I wasn't expecting to reach so many of the goals in in like a three-year period, the goals that I had on that. So when I saw that, it was like a game changer. And that's actually what sparked the idea of the luxury vision board workshops and all that because I saw how powerful it could be if intention was behind. I barely had intention at the time that I created that board and it still manifested. I'm like, what could happen if I actually slapped some intention on this thing? And I never looked back. I started, you know, really designing boards and making them intentional and less than a year out and getting very clear about what I wanted my life to look like in all the different areas of my life. And it worked like a charm every single time. It was just like, (laughs) you know, like it was just crazy. It was undeniable. It was undeniable. That's so cool. And I think I love Facebook purely for the reminders, right? (laughs) Like purely for, well, cute cocoa photos, but also like, remember when you got that nameplate on your office door of your corporate job and felt so important, you know, like, it's just like, wow, how far we've come and and how fast time goes too. you know, like if we go back to the conversation on time, it's like, wait, what? That was four years ago already. It feels like yesterday. And I love that. So if somebody's listening and they're like me and they love the idea of a vision board, but they're like, where do I start? Mm -hmm. What does this look like? Do I need to go to the craft store and get Elmer's glue in that? Mm -hmm. Give me a rundown. Okay. So for me, I no longer create like physical 
vision boards just because yeah. they're just not eco-friendly. My first Lux vision board workshop that I held for 2019 NYE in Atlanta, I we did it with a whole bunch of magazines and things like that. I'll never, ever do it like that again. And here's why. Because there's this beautiful tool now called Canva. Yes. And you and you have <laughs> Pinterest at your fingertips. And so once you've done that goal alchemy formula, right? Like and you're able you've gone through those steps that I mentioned above and you have your your smart goal statements all written out, then you can go onto Canva. I even have a template, a Lux Vision Board template that I, I would, you know, if someone DMs me, I would love to give it to them. But really what you do is you think about the goal that you've written down. Find the visual that matches that goal. Yeah. And, and that's what you put on your vision board. Your vision board should not be this collage of random photos like Lamborghinis and all that. <laughs> and especially if that doesn't match your personality, right? right? Like for me, I can barely operate this smartphone, let alone a high-end <laughs> sports car. So like being intentional about what you're putting on the vision board, right? Making sure that each visual matches a smart goal. That's how I do mine. I don't put anything else on there unless it's a representative of the goal. And then I, you know, once I'm done with the digital version, I can save it as a PDF. I go to my local FedEx office and print and I have them print it on a poster, mm, a poster board. That. And I can even, you know, have it as my screensaver on my phone, which I do a lot, or my screensaver on my laptop just to keep it front of mind. But you can do it like that. So that way you're, you're being kinder to the environment <laughs> and being more mindful of that. But yeah, that's what I would do. I would just make sure when you're writing out your goals that the only thing that goes on your vision board are the representation of those goals. Nothing more, nothing less. One of the things that you speak about a lot that I love is just true purpose. And I think we kind of just touched on it in the sense of making goals that are right for you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times too, when I think about vision boards, I think back to like early teen years, you know, where you're yeah. like putting Destiny's Child and NSYNC and, and silly things like that, where it's like, it's trendy it's what the culture tells you you should want. How do you make sure your goals are kind of in alignment with your true purpose and your personal definition of success? Do you have any kind of ideas around that? Absolutely. So it's all about how you view purpose, right? How you define purpose. And for me, I define purpose, especially in my Lux Vision Board workshops, we go through this. What's the difference between your purpose versus your passions? And I say this, I say passions are how you serve yourself right? How you fill up your cup and your purpose is how you serve other people, how you show up for other people, right? So if you think about how you would like to show up for others, your purpose, then that's what you would, you know, if you wanted to create a vision board, that's just representative of your purpose, how you want to show up for others. And you want to set smart goals based on that. That's great. You don't have to separate the two. You can put your passions on there. You can create a board that represents your passions and your purpose, but for purpose, just view it as the way that you commit to showing up for others, the mm. way you want to serve other people. And when you figure out what that is, then you can start being intentional about how you get there. And mind you, there are so many ways to get there and your purpose may change with the season of life you're in. So don't feel bad if like, if now you've entered a new season of your life and you don't know what your purpose is, give it some time, yeah. you know, keep, keep moving, keep being in motion. Right. And it'll reveal itself to you, but you can't stop. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I just think that your purpose is rooted in how you want to show up for others. 
Mm. I think that's such a beautiful way to differentiate and to kind of give people that permission. It's amazing. So Kira, what do you want our listeners to understand and carry with them when it comes to the topics of productivity and purpose? Oh, such a good question. I think I just want everyone to understand that, you know, being productive in pursuit of your purpose is the most is the best thing that you can really do for yourself and for other people because when you're productive in your pursuit you don't have to neglect yourself you don't have to sacrifice your self-care along the way you know you don't have to neglect you in pursuit of serving others i want people to know that that just because they have this big God-sized calling on their life, it doesn't mean they have to sacrifice their self-care because I truly believe that being productive is about so much more than just time management and getting things done. You know, it's about designing a life where there's harmony between the three Ps, your passions, your purpose, and the people that are in your personal life vying for your love and attention. So as long as you understand that you don't have to sacrifice any of those things in order to achieve your goals, in order to pursue your purpose, then that's where I think that that you can start to form a better, healthier relationship with productivity and time management and discipline and all those things. Mm. That's like a a mic drop moment. And I won't let you drop the mic because I want everyone to know how they can find you and connect with you, learn more from you, learn more about you. Give us all of the places. Absolutely. So I'm really active on Instagram at Miss Unconventional underscore. You can also find me at www.missunconventional.com. And I also have a podcast, the Productive Boss Podcast. So you can check that out. Season two is coming soon. So yeah, that's where you can find me. I am super active on those platforms. Kira, I am so glad our paths crossed just a few months ago. I am so grateful that we got to have this conversation. And I'm just so excited to see what unfolds in the future for you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Man, that was a powerful look at pivoting and passion and productivity. I love Kiara's take on how we can kind of claim back that power over our time and and not let time just pass, but let us use it with intention and purpose. And I really, really want to get to making a vision board. I think how powerful is it to not just hold that vision for ourselves for our month or our quarter or our year, but to really be thoughtful and intentional about what does it look like for us? What do we want to be working towards? What is the action we can be taking beyond just making a beautiful visual? But also, how can we take a minute to pause and look at all that we've done? I think one of the biggest lessons over this past year was really seeing when time slows down, we've got to really honor the actions we're taking, but also honor our time. 
And I don't know about you, but I love when a Facebook memory pops up that just shows me just how far I've come. Because in our day-to-day grind, a lot of times we forget to pause and to look at the action and the impact and the ability that we have to continually be better, do better, do more, make a bigger impact, but also to live a full life. I am so honored that you listened to today's episode and I sincerely hope that you got something super valuable and powerful out of it. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.